0: So what are you going to tell us tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be honest, you're seeing this perfectly correctly. I'm sitting in a vegetable garden. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. That's where I am. I've uh, I've got standalone veggie patches all around me. There's a hydroponic tent behind me. I'm in the back hills of Montrose, and this is what traveling with children looks like and hiring Airbnbs. We've got our family over from the United States, and what a wonderful thing it is. It's amazing to catch up with family. It's amazing to catch up with friends, but every now and then you'll find yourself in a uh, a, a country part of Melbourne with an Airbnb that you've booked without thinking about the fact that your podcast needed to be recorded and posted on a Friday afternoon and before you know it, There's not a quiet room in the house and you're forced to sit out here with the butterflies the kale patches and the hydroponic tents there's cows behind there that you can't see to record a podcast and that is what i call commitment and i say that to let you know of my commitment to you and uh, (laughs) i'm not sure i'm trying to justify the fact that i'm sitting in a vegetable garden to be honest it's a it's a ridiculous situation It's the only podcast in my life I'm ever going to have a sunburn after doing. (laughs) Which Which is humbling because the dream, honestly, you want to have a studio, don't you? Like everyone's dream when you talk about what would you like to have at your new house. Like when you build a house, what is the one thing that you would like to have? A lot of people say, hey, maybe an office space. I always say a studio. So the fact that I'm on my knees with the camera on a tree stump in a field... Shows how much work there is to be done in the new year. And that is <laughs> that is an important realisation to make. You can't make progress until you realise how far away from your goals you really are. To be honest, it's not that far, honestly. all I've even got a hat. If I just had a roof over my head right now, it would make it so much better. I'm actually quite happy with the setup, To be to be quite happy. I'm, I don't like the look of the fact that I'm on a... The tent behind me, it looks like I'm at a marijuana farm, which I'm not, as far as I'm aware. It is an Airbnb, so I haven't had a good look. In the, you know, I'm looking, my wife's looking down at me from the kitchen right now with a look of disgust on her, or disappointment maybe. I'm looking up at the window to the kitchen. She's looking down with, with it's kind of a polite smile, to be honest. It's a smile which says, like, that's uh, a 35-year-old man sitting in a field with a camera and a microphone. And I'm not sure if I saw an element of love and appreciation in her eyes or just a a look of judgment, but I'm going to speak to her about that when I get inside because it's important for the health of our relationship that we find out exactly what it was. (laughs) But we've got the, who have we got? We've got my brother-in-law, Jesse's brother's over from the United States at the moment. He's here with his wife and their, their two daughters, Charlie, Ray, and little Georgia. It's amazing traveling with kids. I'm not sure if I spoke to you guys about this in July when we were over in the United States. But one of the things which blew my mind was I I always thought my oldest boy, Charlie, which was an awkward conversation. You've heard that, right? We've both got kids the same name. Our boy's six weeks older, which means we had dibs on the name. And which means, honestly, they were forced to announce the... The name of their child a little earlier than us just so it didn't look ridiculous and uh, but we've got over the awkwardness of that situation and we've we've dealt with it Uh, we justified the fact that they both had the same names based on the fact that we lived on opposite side of the world but one thing that i don't think we really took into account was the fact that we like to travel a lot together and when you've got two kids called charlie it's a a very frustrating situation to find yourself in especially because my boys he's not naughty but he's got a lot of energy And I think we're telling him off a lot more. So I'm spending a lot of my days going, hey, Charlie, no, stop. So as a result, she doesn't like me because she thinks I'm constantly telling her off, which I'm not. I actually quite like her. She's very polite. She's warmed up to me a lot, I'm going to be honest, this trip. I'm not sure what's changed. I noticed with her, though, the amount that she likes me increases or decreases based on how much my boy treats her with respect. The nicer he is, the more she likes me. And I've noticed the last couple of days as the hits of... Started to increase the the amount that she wants to be around me has diminished and they're only three days into a five-week trip So I'm nervous to see what the remainder of the trip looks like It's a stressful experience as well not just for us because you don't want your kid to hit other kids But it's more stressful. I would say when your kid is the one being hit and you don't understand because they've got lovely kids Their kids are like they're angels. They're beautiful. They're two of the most lovely kids you've ever seen they you would never see them try and hit someone and as a result, the idea of another kid just coming and and trying to hit your kid—it's a foreign sort of a concept. I remember my best mate; he's got a boy who's nine months older than Charlie. He's going to put the forward hat on because no, nah, it's too shady on the face, isn't it? I'm going to go backwards. My boy Charlie is two and three months now. He's his best mate Tommy and my best mate's son went through a phase about nine months before Charlie ever started hitting anyone where he was whacking Charlie and I thought mate honestly get your life together I can't believe you're accepting this behavior from a toddler it's kind of disgusting it was disgusting in my eyes that that kind of behavior was tolerated and I could see that he was telling him off but I said to Jesse I go man there's no way that Charlie would ever be like that and she goes hey be careful with your words because you don't know what toddlers are going to be like And man did I, I eat those words ever so hard because the truth is now I don't want to call him an abuser but he's a uh, He's acting that way at times. (laughs) I find a lot of comfort in Instagram pages based on the fact there's a lot of parents out there justifying uh, children's behaviour. Or not justifying as much as explaining, I like to think. Because when your kid starts doing that, you think, oh, please just tell me everything's okay. Please don't tell me we haven't got like a little psycho on our hands and to my great pleasure i've realized there's a lot of pages out there which talk about the fact that uh it's quite a common thing for young boys to do so i'm not sure if your parents out there but there's always amazing tactics to to be learnt from people who have been through it before so if you are a parent of a young boy or a psycho young girl i'd greatly appreciate a little bit of input as to we uh you know as to how we can improve this situation because it's a, a nightmare i spoke to charlie's daycarer the other day because we're trying to toilet train him and Honestly for the first two weeks of toilet training I've I've never seen so much wee on the floor is the thing And he got into a point where uh, because the nappies were off in his mind that just simply meant he didn't have to even fill his nappy anymore He could just wee wherever it was that he found himself and for us It became more and more frustrating because the only thing worse than having mess on your floor is having a slipping hazard Or to walk around your house and see half a nugget coming out of your own child's ass You just feel like you're pain failing as a parent in a lot of ways and so I got, to his, I got to his daycare the other day and I, I said to Kate, I said, hey, Kate, look, I we're trying, to, we're trying to toilet train Charlie. Do you have any idea how to do it? She goes, mate, I've got four kids. Put a ping pong ball in your toilet. And we didn't have any ping pong balls, but we had some balloons. So I went home and blew up a balloon. And all of a sudden, the game element of that, it, it really changes the dynamic. Charlie's never weed and pooed all over a balloon as much as he... In fact, I've even started playing. I know, I know exactly how to do a poo in the toilet and still... I've started trying to aim for the, for the balloon. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, whether you're only supposed to do it with wheeze, but I think both sides of that game is very fun. Whether, you, whether you're doing a number one or a number two, if you can hit the balloon, it's quite impressive. Jessie's a bit more hygienic, though. She came in, she's like, this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever said. Like, what if it gets skid marks on it? I said, but it wouldn't ever happen. I'm going to be honest, we've had to go through a couple of balloons because uh, my boy's on a mission. He's a big eater, he's a powerful puller, and he's got great aim. an incredible thing to witness it's hard to do things like that as well when you've got guests because you want you want the guests stay to be as relaxed as possible and as I said when you've got slipping hazards your own kids wheeze all over the floor It makes it very very difficult you don't want to be on edge in your own house do you like if you're down at the beach or if you're in a car park or if you're somewhere foreign and you're barefoot yeah you're right to be a little bit cautious with the way that you walk you don't want to slip on anything that or stand on anything for that matter that you shouldn't but when you're in your own house you feel as though you should be freed of that burden and um, I think children are, are, are you know they're an extra burden in that sense but truthfully I think the best description of a family the best description of a parent that I ever had or what it means to have children people say hey it's gonna change your life for the better but it's the hardest thing you will ever do and I used to hear that and I was like what a, what a depressing way to speak about having a beautiful child added into your life and now I have my own kids I go there is no better description if anyone ever says to me, it's just a luxury, I go, okay, so we're not that level of honesty right yet. You're not at a level where you feel comfortable to speak openly about uh, about how you're traveling with kids. And that's fine. I don't expect you to. But I just think it's important that as parents we acknowledge the fact that uh, every now and then... I used to always look at kids... You'd hear stories of parents who would shake their kids and you'd think, that's a horrible parent. And then you have a kid and you go, no, maybe, honestly, maybe it was... <laughs> Maybe it was a little... You can't say justified, can you? Because you'd get arrested. But I'm just saying I sympathise more with those people. Now, I would never do it, which is the standout feature. In fact, I would like to emphasise that as the main point of this little story. I would never do it. I think I just had a bee on my head. That's what happens when you're doing a podcast in a vegetable garden. Every now and then a bee will come up and land on your eyebrow, which is, I want to acknowledge the fact that what's just happened, I've kept my cool incredibly well because I'm allergic to bees. If I get stung in the eyebrow by a bee, i look like an elephant for the next four weeks. And so to be on camera and have a bee land on your head is a very intimidating thing, knowing that you could see that and judge me based on my reaction. It was almost as though I was a warrior in that situation. I don't think a Buddhist monk would have reacted with that much calmness and clarity. They also wouldn't have boasted about it for as long as I have been. But I also just want you to know that these are the levels I go to for you. I risk my life and eyebrow in a veggie garden with bees and beesness. I listened to that Joe Rogan podcast with the bee lady a couple of weeks ago. I'm not as scared as I was. My brother-in-law is very into nature as well, which is good because at our place back home, we've got a lot of we've got a lot of land. There's shit going everywhere here. I've just got I've got mowed grass up my nostril. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what just happened. I've got mowed grass up my bloody nostril. Grass allergies be gone is what I say. But um, my brother-in-law Sammy, one of my best mates, he's a great guy. He's a he's into nature. He's into the garden, and I've got into it a little bit recently. I've I've started to have an appreciation for gardening. I've started to have an appreciation for what it means to cultivate your land. It's what a couple of episodes of the Zach Bush podcast will do, or the interviews featuring Zach Bush. He started speaking about soil health and it being one of the ways that he got involved in physical health. And he started to talk about the the nutrients that go into plant and how to cultivate your land and how to keep it healthy and the impact that that has on your own life. And whenever someone starts speaking about health, my ears perk up a little bit. I get a little bit excited because that's a topic of, of great interest to me. And so I heard this guy speak about glyphosate. And that's apparently that's one of the main ingredients of, of Roundup, that popular weed killer. And... It has really severe impacts on communities that are exposed to it in great deals and uh, it sort of blew my mind he said one of the best ways to start your own mini revolution is just to start a backyard farm and i said i want to be a part of a revolution let me be a part of a revolution let me bring down the chicken companies one chicken at a time and so we found a vegetable coop uh, a vegetable coop a chicken coop yesterday we squeezed that into the back of my car We're going to get six chickens next Tuesday, hopefully. I've got a compost going in the backyard. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is where I'm recording this podcast is me preparing for what's to come. In fact, maybe this is the studio for me. Wind could be a problem. You would only be able to record on days which uh, which are extremely still, which are extremely calm. But, I mean, that's a sacrifice I might be willing to make. It's quite beautiful out here. I started listening to this guy called andrew i think it's andrew moritz he wrote a book controversial title called cancer is not a disease which immediately throws some people off and he's also not a fan of sunscreen which i realized is a it's a highly controversial topic isn't it try telling the parents at, uh, try telling the carers at daycare that you don't want your kid to see sunscreen or to wear sunscreen and just have a look at the reaction of the face i'm i'm sensing a, a tightening of of your own personal I, I was going to say sphincter but that's not very nice is it i sense saying this because i reckon six weeks ago if you had have questioned anything about sunscreen i would have been like oh okay you're in the anti-vaxxer cari- uh, sort of category are you but this guy speaks about it really interesting it's called heal yourself with sunshine one of his books i mean he's right down that alley he's got a book called vaccine nation and he's just talking about how far away we've all got from um you know just being connected with health and well-being i realize i'm gonna say this for the last time i realize me sitting in this field saying these points it, it makes it look like i've lost the plot it makes it look like i'm trying to reconnect with nature and doing it in a way which makes no sense because to have an apple computer a blue yeti microphone and a camera recording you in a vegetable garden that says hey you're a part of two different worlds young man and to that i can't argue but this is the rabbit hole that i've been going down lately because the COVID thing stuffed me a little bit i don't know how you guys went with that and if you've listened to listen to this podcast for any amount of time, it was one thing that it threw me off because at the start, I was like, okay, do everything the expert said. Do you remember that? They said, hey, lock down, wash your hands, be home by this time. And I thought, well, you know what? I didn't know viruses had an awareness of time and what time I should be in bed, but I'm going to do it because it's what you got to do for the community. And then all of a sudden, they started to talk about the vaccines. And that's where I started to get a bit sceptical because my house is it's interesting like if you look in my cupboard you'd look in there and you'd go all right this guy at least he's got some form of like interest in the world of health i try and eat organic where i can as much as i possibly can i try and eat as close to natural as i possibly can so i'm a little bit ocd about what i put into my body some people call it a wanker i call it health conscious i think both are true (laughs) which is a weird thing to admit about yourself but you've got to be honest that's where progress takes place if you're not honest with yourself who can you be honest with and I think health conscious and wanker are both fairly accurate descriptions of uh, of the man I am. And I'd assume that most people who know me well would agree. And so I can say that with some level of confidence. But then, <clears throat> I don't know. I get funny with vaccines and things that hadn't been tested before. So I thought, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole for too long. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is they said it would stop transmission. They said it would stop the symptoms. And it, it really didn't, did it? And it's, I mean, you can always make the argument to stop the severity of it. And how do you argue back with that? Because maybe it did, (laughs) but it's like, I mean, I've seen some, I've seen some pretty sick people. I was a bitch, but I didn't have it. So I had an excuse. I was honestly, I could have been the bitchiest man in the whole world who had COVID. And I've told you before that I thought I was going to be the feature article of the Herald Sun the day after anti-vaxxer dies like a bitch of COVID. Take your vaccine. But then, just seeing how wrong these so called medical experts were, it's got me questioning everything now. And I don't know if it's healthy. I can see how people start going off the deep end with this kind of stuff. I can see how you go from asking these legitimate questions to being Alex Jones, a bloke who I'm uh, regularly getting more and more respect for. <laughs> because I've just, a friend said to me a long time ago, he goes, Hey, Toss, whatever the news says, it's the opposite. And I was like, Well, that doesn't really make sense. And then the more I look into it, the more I go, Actually, you know what? Maybe that is accurate. And I also know, how do you guys, how do you find this? So, like, I feel like we're in such a PC world at the moment. Like, you have to be so cautious about the things you can say. If you, you don't have to, but I mean, it's, I feel like that's just the, that's the atmosphere at the moment. There's a lot of things that you can't say. I was at the gym last night and I heard a guy speak like he was in the 1980s about a certain group of people. And I, I'm not going to share with you because I completely disagreed where he was coming from in a lot of areas. But, I mean, it was it was just nice to hear a little bit of honesty is what I'm saying. I, you don't have to agree with it to appreciate it. Is that, is that fair enough? But the more PC things get, the more you're not allowed to talk about ideas. I just want to, here's my thing. Can we, I just want to live in a world where you can, I, I, I don't care. We can disagree on everything. And mo- like a lot of people that I speak to disagree with a lot of what I say. And it's fine. I want you to. But it needs, it needs to go both ways, okay? That's my little, That I feel like the way I just said okay then was patronizing and it made it sound like I was preaching from a pedestal. Tone of voice is a very important thing, isn't it? You've got to be careful with that as well. I'm definitely not meaning to do that. But anyway, that's where I'm at at the moment. So I've, I'm listening to this book called "Cancer Is Not a Disease," and what the way he talks about it, essentially, it's a reframe. He's he's trying to speak about the fact that when there's a cancer, it's your body trying to fight off something. It's kind of like the last stance. It's the last line of defense to try and protect you from whatever it is that's causing the trouble. And a lot of people, he believes, don't take the time to actually assess their lifestyles and what might've been the, the root cause of the cancer. And he says that for a lot of us, what we do, rather than actually looking at what the cause might be, we simply try and fix the symptoms. So for me, I went through this for years where it was, a like I'm missing the back the two back teeth and I just thought I had weak teeth forever. But then I looked at what I was eating back when I was 15. I thought I was healthy because everything was 97% fat-free. But the truth was, everything was 97% fat-free and absolutely filled with sugar. And, uh, and as a result, it turned out that my... Oh, did you just hear a duck? I thought I heard a duck. It turns out that everything was fat-free, but it was filled with sugar. And as a result, my body was getting pumped with sugar. I feel like I'm going to get swooped. That's just, I'm just going to be honest with you because I haven't really spent this long in a garden like this for a long time. I think it's a duck, but I'm not sure if it's one of those mother ducks who's protecting her, her little flock. So, I mean, I'll keep it in if it happens. But at the same time, I, uh, I want you to know I'm feeling vulnerable right now. And so that's interesting, isn't it? Like the idea that it's the, your body's last defence against um, against like a health issue, but also like an asterisk next to everything. I don't say so I'm quoting a bloke I've just started reading. I don't know if it's true. There's so many experts. That's the difficult part. Have you noticed how many experts there are? Like there's so many experts on so many fields, and the problem is the experts disagree. Like when the experts start disagreeing, that's where the problem starts. Because I've got what I've got. How long am I awake for during the day? I get up at about 6.30 because I've got a, a boy who wakes up and screams at me because he usually shat his pants, though so he's getting better at that part, at about 6.30. And then I go to bed at about 9.30. So that's like a 15-hour day. In that 15 hours, I try and work, play with my kids, do some exercise. I've got about three hours maybe, maybe of spare time to invest in whatever it is that I'm learning. So you can't be using that three hours across all industries and assuming that you know even close to the amount that people who study these areas know and so what i'm trying to say is that if people are completely like spending their whole life studying these things right and one of those people is on one side of an argument the other person's on another side of the argument what what am i going to add to that conversation i don't know i'll just come at you with a whole heap of questions please explain all this because i'm i'm very confused is what i'm trying to say like have you noticed how much the carnivore thing is is in at the moment like a lot of people are speaking about the meat only diet like you just eat meat, and I go, hang on, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. I thought it was all about variety. And then you hear people talking about like they only eat raw foods. Have you heard of fully raw Christina? Beautiful woman, very pretty. Um, she looks very healthy, and she only eats raw foods, not even any cooking. And I go, well, that's the opposite side of carnivore. Now, what, like, what am I supposed to do with that? F- for me, I look at, I try and look at like the oldest, healthiest people groups, and I'm I'm sure I'm missing some. And I know I'm questioning a lot of the things that I'm saying, but it's because I'm, I'm about an inch deep into all of these subjects. And so I don't want to pretend as though I'm a professional when I, uh, I mean, when you've already witnessed the fact and you know that, <laughs> that I'm, I'm definitely not. So um, where was I going with that? What I'm trying to say is it's a, it's a confusing world and, ah, Success leaves clues is I think where I was going like if you if your goal is to live for a long time and live healthily Like surely you look at what people who live for a long time and eat healthily do that seems to be the appropriate place Place to start and that's why I like blue zones Like the blue zone solution dan butner's study with national geographic I think it was like maybe 2015 and It looked at the oldest and healthiest populations in the world and majority of these people from what I can remember maybe with the exception of okinawa in japan were were like plant-based diets they had a strong faith they had strong communities they exercised regularly even if like it wasn't a gym style workout where they just go in and pump weights or go for a run but just uh, in sardinia is a great example of this a lot of the people especially the traditional people there were were shepherds like they'd walk over rolling mountains in clean air with their uh with their sheep and everything every day and as a result it was like a pretty healthy lifestyle to live And so we've sort of we've sort of separated a little bit from that. If you want to treat, go and have a look at this page, Carnivore Aurelius on Instagram. At my favourite Instagram page at the moment, so good, very funny, a lot of recycled memes with with uh, with every meme being uh, pretty solid, pretty solid. Just looking at uh, just looking at the health slide of of the West over the last. 30 years like do you remember I remember being a kid and no one at my at my school had allergies and if they did you'd call them a pussy like what do you mean you can't eat peanuts and you'd rub a peanut in their face just to see what happened all of a sudden pus would start squirting out of their left eye and they'd have to go home (laughs) yeah it was funny once until until you, you saw the serious side to it but There's another book called coddling of the american mind and it talks about um it talks about how coddled our kids are so rather than actually exposing them to difficulty and exposing them to bugs and to germs and to uh, you know little obstacles for them to navigate their way through what we do we eliminate them from that and try and protect them and as a result they all grow up into big bitches (laughs) like they just grow up into these absolute bitches with with no resilience and uh This book, Coddling of the American Mind, talks about that that's exactly what we've done with things like, um, what are they called? Oh, nuts and eggs. I walked into my kid's daycare yesterday and it said we we aim to be a nut-free and peanut-free daycare i was like how about you just eliminate every pussy kid that's here how about rather than eliminating the eggs and the nuts you just don't let the kids with those allergies come i reckon it's important because as soon as people have to start spending all day at home with their kids they'll start to go you know what let's just roll the dice and see if we can get him over his nut allergy because honestly like this is allergic reaction to me if, oh freak <laughs> no, i'm not kidding there was a flying spider just landed on my bloody face this is terrifying i'm not doing this podcast much longer because that almost shit myself live on camera <laughs> i'm not sure what that was but now i'm bloody terrified he's coming back at me i'm not sure what's going on here but it might have just been a march fly which to be honest i still feel as though that reaction was appropriate because march flies have you ever felt one of those bastards bite you at point Lonsdale, they bite so hard i I've been on the beach by myself and, and, and sort of jumped and squealed a little bit with no shame, because as soon as someone finds out it's a March fly, they go, "You know what? I get it. I get where you're coming from, Tice Is an appropriate response. You're not a bitch, in case your subconscious said that. But that's my rule. I don't want my kid to, to be a little bitch, so he walks around barefoot. He, there's a. There's, I'm not sure if I get reported for child abuse here, but there's a dog wee pole at our beach. So it's, a, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a dog beach and there's a pole that every dog goes and wees on. And like the appropriate thing to do as a parent is probably to like keep your kid out of the vicinity of that. But I look at the average kid and I go, well, the average kid's a pussy. So I'm going to let, if my kid wants to go play on the wee pole, he can go play on the wee pole. And he loves Fireman Sam, so he's constantly going over to the wee pole and, and having a little play on there. And people, like old ladies in the area come up to me and they politely say, I just wanted to let you know that's where all the dogs go and wee. And I was like, oh man, little bugger. He doesn't know, does he? And they look at me like, are you his parent? Like, what is going on here that that's acceptable in your mind? But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I, just, I don't want him to have a little bitch immune system. Surely he's going to thank me for that. I want to thank my, if my dad did that when I was five, I'd go, dad, you're an absolute legend, mate. I w- I've started playing on the wee pole just to make a point as well. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to put you through it, we'll, we'll go through it together. We'll tough this one out, father and son, just see see who survived. May the, may the fittest man, how does that expression go? May the strongest man win. We're both doing fine, though. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where it was a a guy called Joel Salatin. He's into like sustainable farming and he was talking about how he's hasn't been sick in 20 years i think he was 63 and he said that what he puts it down to is when he when he goes out in the fields with his cows he just drinks out of the same troughs of the, as them he goes and if you saw the troughs that these cows drink out of i mean there's saliva dripping in there there's there's a whole heap of things that shouldn't be going in there going in and uh he goes his immune systems had to learn to fight against each other the parasites are saying to the other bacteria mate you can jump on here but i'm going to kick the shit out of you and he goes as a result they've just had to learn to to work together I feel as though this podcast sounds as though I've had like a micro dose on mushrooms and I've come back and I'm trying to explain how all of nature works together. So I'd like to apologize if that's how I'm coming across. I've just had some interesting realizations this week or just some interesting thoughts I should say that I wanted to share with you. And so they're the main things that I wanted to share. I'm here for the next two days. We're going on the Puffing Billy tomorrow. I'm training for the Melbourne Marathon. I think. I think that's what I'm going to do. I ran 19Ks last Sunday. I did a 20-minute threshold run on Wednesday. Mate, 3 minutes 39-kilometer pace is... I'm not mucking around is what I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) That's such a wanker brag as well because anyone in the running scene goes, mate, that's not that fast. And anyone who's not in the running scene doesn't care. And so once again... Uh, part health conscious part wanker i think the longer this podcast goes on the more i show you that the elements may not be equal maybe it's 20 percent health conscious 80 percent wanker and and that's a that's a number that i'm quite happy with as well to be honest i think it's fairly reasonable but it's nice i think i'm going to start just doing it uh, three runs a week until june And if my body holds up to that well, I'm going to do like 30 to 50k a week until then. And then in June, that's about 16 weeks before the Melbourne Marathon. So I'm going to start ramping it up a little bit there and see. Because I ran three hours and five minutes years ago. Years ago, it was 2018. So it'll be five years. And it's just one of those. You know when you feel like you've got a little bit of unfinished business? You're like, surely I was capable of more than that. But that's all you've got to show I thought I can't I can't let my boy know that I was a runner and my best time was three hours five minutes and I was running in my mouth that I was going to run 250 it just can't be the case so we'll see how we go there i got a long way so if you're interested I'll keep you posted on that I hope your 2023 is off to a flying start I tell you what January December it's a very interesting couple of months because you feel especially in December you feel as though things are supposed to be winding down but with Christmas and everything things just pump right up it's weird you've got to be at 16 different family engagements even though you only have two families but mum's divorced your cousin got remarried your sisters found a new pad out in the wilderness and you've just got to travel around and pretend you care about them all equally so you don't offend anyone but the truth is you've just got to have that honest conversation and go you know what mum, you're my favorite dad you're my favorite everyone else i'm just gonna have to let it i'm gonna have to let you go through to the key but you should have thought about this before you got divorced holy shit, these are big bugs look at that Anyway, that's uh, I reckon that's enough because this bastard's trying to eat me live on camera. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're having a beautiful start to your new year. Uh, namaste, as they say in yoga, and I'll see you all here again next week.